gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Ready to talk about the offense. The defense uh, was a long video. We had to talk about everything that was happening on the defensive side of the ball. Try to split it up. And now we're going to get into the offense. We're going to talk about my breakdown of what I saw on the All-22 film. It's upon further review. 49ers versus Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game. And you know the 49ers... And Kyle Shanahan have had one of the best offenses through the entire season. Now, of course, there was the lull during the middle of the season where they struggled against Cleveland, struggled against Minnesota, struggled against the Bengals. And with that, uh, it was a lot of conversation about the fact that you had Trey Williams out. Of course, he's an all-world best def- or best offensive tackle in the entire league. And you were without Debo Samuel. And without Debo Samuel, this offense isn't as effective as it is with them. Of course, they average over two yards uh, per play less when Debo Samuel's not on the field. So that was definitely something everyone pointed to as the reason why the 49ers struggled. The offense hasn't really been a problem for the most part. They've been able to execute, getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey and allowing him to make big-time plays on the ground. Of course, he can't do that alone. He's got to have good blockers up front that are making big-time blocks for him. And the offensive line has battled. Uh, They're definitely, you know, been uh, struggled at times, but they've got it done when they needed to get it done. And right now they're run blocking pretty good against some pretty good run defenses. Detroit was no joke. They were playing the run very good this season, and the 49ers were able to come away with 90 yards on the ground. And it was a tough 90 yards for Christian McCaffrey. Of course, you had the scrambles from Brock Purdy you can add into the rushing total. Uh, But I'm going to say, hey, the earned yards from a running back against this offensive line is over 90. That's exactly what you're looking for if you're going to win playoff games. The types of teams that are able to win in the playoffs, you have to be able to run the football. It sets the tone for the entire offense. The 49ers have been able to do that this season. McCaffrey rushed for nearly 1,500 yards. It was a real playmaker. And when you look at the 49ers offense, you don't lack talent. You have some of the best players at their position in the entire league. Christian McCaffrey is the number one running back in the entire league. He can absolutely do it all. And then you've got a piece like Debo Samuel that is unlike anyone else has in the entire league. Nobody has a player that is as unique as Debo Samuel. The way he's able to uh, create after the catch, the way he's able to run the ball out of the backfield, still get those little push passes. He is electric with the ball in his hands. I think the most dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands in the NFL. And then you've got Ayuk, who has emerged as a legit number one receiver who when the biggest moments come can make the biggest catches. Saw it against Green Bay, going down and picking up a football. And then this one against the Lions, he goes and he makes a spectacular catch on what some are calling the B.A. Ricochet. Uh, That's the one that I kind of like the best. And that was a great play in the game. But then you got George Kittle. And Kittle is just brilliant at what he does at tight end. And then in this game, we felt the effects of Kyle Juszczyk. So we're going to get into all of what happened why the 49ers struggled a little bit early on in this game, only having seven points at halftime, but why that second half explosion happened. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
Hope you guys will stick around for the whole episode. Uh, like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm on that push uh, for 5K and about 45 subs away. So you guys have been subscribing, and I really appreciate all the effort and joining the Cutback crew. And if you're listening to audio platform, 49ers Cutback on Believe, please give it a five-star rating. And if you're going to bet, bet with Bet Online. The big game is here, and the San Francisco 49ers are ready to square off with the Kansas City Chiefs. And Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. And for the 49ers, when they go into these matchups against these opposing defenses, it always comes down to what can I do with Christian McCaffrey in the run game? Because if you can establish a successful run game, you can win football games. Kyle Shanahan has said this many times, and the stats prove it. If the 49ers can run the ball successfully 40 times in a game, they are a shoe-in to win the game. Now, getting 30 carries or 30 carries on the ground is tough. Getting 40 means you're absolutely dominating on the ground. And so you go into games, and that's your mindset. We're going to impose will. We're going to make sure that we find areas to run the football because that's going to establish the rest of the game plan for the 49ers. Once you establish that run game, those linebackers have to commit to coming up and stopping the run game. Once they do that, that opens up the middle of the field for plays you want to get Debo, George Kittle, and Ayuk the ball over the middle and let them create with their legs with yards after the catch. So the 49ers game plan is always that. What the defense does, though, will dictate how much they can go to the run game early. The game plan is always to go to the run game, but you have to make sure you're being effective on the ground. You have to make sure that those carries are meaning something because if you're not consistently getting yards, you can't consistently stay with it. You might do it here and there to keep the team honest, but what you have to do is you have to turn to a passing game. And it can be a different style of passing game. It doesn't have to be down the field. It could be horizontal, quick screens, uh, extended swing passes to as extended run plays, screens uh, to a running back, you know, plays over the middle. Whatever you have to do, you can do that. But when teams are coming in like the Packers did uh, two weeks ago in the divisional round, and they're loading up with six men at the line of scrimmage, and they're playing two-eye safety, they are absolutely daring Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy to beat them. And unfortunately, in that matchup, Brock Purdy struggled at times with his accuracy because of a wet football. But boy, were there some plays that they dialed up that could have been touchdowns. There was a simple Texas route. McCaffrey starts in the backfield. He's running up. He has one-on-one with the linebacker and absolutely no one in the middle of the field because you're running a 6-1. You have one linebacker in the middle of the field. Yes, you have two safeties, but uh, you get that linebacker flowing one way, which they did. And then you had McCaffrey one-on-one with the linebacker who started on the line of scrimmage. If he would have caught that, he would have been running for a long time. So those plays were there. They just weren't quite executed. Sometimes you have to loosen up a defense in the passing game so that way you can get the run game going. Now, Detroit came out determined to stop Christian McCaffrey. I know this because you watch the film and you see those linebackers and Campbell and Anzalone were full focused on wherever Christian McCaffrey was going. That's why in the second drive, the 49ers turned to Debo Samuel a lot because your focus is on McCaffrey. Your focus is not on Debo. But they were intent on making sure the 49ers run game wasn't successful behind Christian McCaffrey. They were intent on making sure McCaffrey wasn't going to be 
the player that beat them. They were going to be okay with it having to be Debo and Ayuk and uh, George Kittle, and even in some cases, Kyle Juszczyk. So that was their game plan. So as Kyle is figuring out what they're doing, he's able to move down the field on the opening drive, and the 49ers have a couple bad plays at the end of that drive. They don't execute, and here comes Jake Moody, and he misses the field goal. So even though we miss and we don't get the field goal, the 49ers offense was pretty good on the opening drive. They were able to reel off some pretty good runs with McCaffrey, even though they forced heavy boxes that they saw. Uh, they were still able to get consistent runs. Were they big gashing runs? No, but they did have just misses. The very first play of the game, the 49ers dial up a perfect counter play. Uh, they got McCaffrey running to the right. He's going to cut back behind Kyle Juszczyk, and Anzalone slips through the cracks and is able to make the play. But if he wasn't, Juszczyk was hitting the outside linebacker, kicking him out, and there was no one. It was going to be an explosive on play one for the 49ers. And boy, could that game have changed if McCaffrey would have gotten an explosive run. That's how crazy it is between success and non-success on plays. One tiny detail missed. And unfortunately for the 49ers at times, they have one detail missed in the blocking game. When you rely on wide receivers and you rely on other players to make sure they're making their key blocks at the point of attack, sometimes it doesn't go your way. A lot of times it does, and the 49ers get a whole shot play. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't. So one of the unique things that Kyle Shanahan has to figure out is how to stay balanced consistently uh, without uh, you know, giving up too much. So what I'm bringing up here is you run the ball and it's unsuccessful on first down. You run the ball on second down. Do you throw on second down because you need to stay on schedule? So Kyle Shanahan has to make sure he stays balanced as an attack, pass game to run game, while also making sure that it's the right move for his team because you have to consistently stay ahead of the sticks. You can't get into third and longs against Detroit where they can come through and Aaron Glenn can hit you with one of those weird blitzes that comes out of nowhere. And so I thought he did a good job in this game of finding balance. It didn't always equate in points. And the 49ers had two very successful drives early. I know Moody missed the field goal, but the offense moved the ball. The next two after that weren't so good. 49ers were ineffective in getting the ball to their receivers. And I think that Brock Purdy, they had a certain look they were wanting to see. They ran it to one side Ayuk, then to the other side Ayuk on simple out patterns. And they just weren't there. Detroit was taking away things that they thought the 49ers were going to go to. And so the 49ers, a little bit of flux, a little bit of adjustments, really figured it out in the second half. And that's exactly what the 49ers had to do is get a feel. Once Kyle gets a feel for what teams are doing, he can adjust and make necessary plays. And that's when, you know, the 49ers are tough to stop when they can make all those changes. Now in the second half, when they got Debo involved uh, early on, you could see that it changed the game. So the second drive of the game, the 49ers went to Debo early, uh, push pass, quick screen, and they've got Debo out making plays in the open field. And when that happened, that's when you saw Detroit kind of settle back on that drive. As soon as they went to Debo a couple times, this is drive two of the game, then all of a sudden run lanes were open for McCaffrey. 49ers three straight runs, first down, and that's when the 49ers can kind of get momentum going with that run game. Next thing you know, boom, touchdown. McCaffrey catches the ball on the sideline, right stiff arms, Gardner Johnson, but the 49ers get down there and they're able to convert for the touchdown. But it starts because of the way Kyle Shanahan stretched Detroit horizontally using Debo, getting attention on Debo, making sure secondary players had to edge out, 
linebackers couldn't focus fully on McCaffrey, and then it created some good run-blocking lanes for the offensive line because that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to move players with your motions, your shifts, and your play calling to open up the middle of the field where you can run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. Of course, if you're running the ball effectively with McCaffrey and those linebackers are committing, it opens up play action, but that's what you're trying to do, and that's what Kyle Shanahan did in drive two. He returned to that philosophy. It kind of went stagnant. They tried to get Debo involved. They had a couple negative plays, but once you got to the second half, it was attention to Debo. Make sure I'm getting Debo the ball, the playmaker. We got to get him the ball in space, and they did that. As soon as that happened, that's when the offense started rolling again. So Kyle started using a a style of let's get Debo and McCaffrey the ball as much as possible, and we'll sprinkle in the other players as this game goes. Less worried about you know what you're looking at scheme-wise and more worried about, hey, let's get the ball in our guys' hands where they can make plays. And I thought that was really huge. Now, when we're talking about the offensive line, uh, the offensive line early on in this game were on their heels. Detroit was pressuring them. Detroit was in their face. They were running stunts. They were bringing blitzes. They were the aggressor consistently. And I thought that in the second half, as the game moved on, you saw that sort of change, and the 49ers became the aggressor. The 49ers became the bully as they were moving people off the ball uh, with good technique. And early on in this game, John Feliciano was struggling with Aleem McNeil. Aleem McNeil got him off balance, put him on his backside. Uh, Aleem McNeil was running stunts, and he was beating Jake Brindle. Uh, the play that Brock Purdy hits Debo Samuel on the first drive, I mean, Aleem McNeil absolutely rocks Brock Purdy. And uh, that was because Brindle got beat. So 49ers early on had some struggles along the offensive line. There was a little bit of a side adjustment. Detroit was running a different look than they normally do. They had a defensive tackle lined up in a two technique, which they didn't normally do. And so I think the 49ers were having to adjust their blocking, and it took them a little bit to settle in and adjust to what Detroit was doing. Throughout this game, Detroit uh, had very good answers for what the 49ers were doing. And early on, it was definitely apparent. But once the 49ers settled into what they were looking at, and once they made their adjustments, then they started executing. And that's when Kyle Shanahan... I mean, really took advantage of Detroit in the run game. The 49ers were then starting to kind of reel off some big plays that helped this offense out. Holton McKivitz held his own on the outside against Aiden Hutchinson. Did he get help? Absolutely. Uh, and they have to help him because Aiden Hutchinson was still getting wins, but they would make sure someone was there, whether it was Christian McCaffrey, uh, whether they pulled an offensive lineman to help, or it was just John Feliciano uh, playing right next to him that came over and helped. They made sure they protected Colton McKivitz. And guess what? They're going to have to do that next week, too, because Chris Jones against Colton McKivitz is not a matchup that I'm a huge fan of. And I know Jones is normally an interior defensive lineman, but we see them consistently move him outside for pass rush. And last week against Baltimore, they did the same thing. In 2022, he went against uh, Mike McGlinchey, and that was a real problem for the 49ers because he was able to knock McGlinchey down I do think that Colton McKivitz is a better anchor than Mike McGlinchey, but that is definitely a concern. But against Hutchinson and against a guy who had a good speed move and also had the ability to run that really nice speed uh, spin inside, I thought he held up really nice. He kept good uh, leverage. And also one thing I was worried about him the most was his balance. And he had to keep his balance inside when he's in his slide. If you don't have that balance inside, you're going to get too far upfield. And then next thing you know, they, when they beat you inside, they're going to beat you bad. So, 
I thought Cole McKivis did pretty good. Now up the 49ers offensive line really held up and sort of asserted themselves in the second half. So I was excited to see them play well because that has been a big concern for 49er fans and for the 49ers. If that offensive line is playing at a top level, the 49ers are tough to beat in the NFL. Uh, once the run game got going, you know, and you're going forward, that's when you you struggle less in the passing uh, pass protection because once you're getting guys going and you got the defense on their heels, then they're a little bit more reluctant, right? There's less third and longs, less situations where they can really pin their ears back and get after Brock. And I think the 49ers did a good job of illustrating that in this football game. And Brock Purdy's Im- improv was huge for the offensive line as well. Because Brock Purdy in this game, from the, I mean, from the moment that he got out there, started using his improvisational skills, be able to get outside the pocket and locate receivers down the field, executing whenever he had to. Kyle Juszczyk, the throw that he had to the middle of the field that Juszczyk was brilliant. In fact, he was able to roll, escape the pocket, and then roll back to the middle, reset, and throw the ball with accuracy to Kyle Juszczyk, who was in the scramble drill. Uh, was a pivotal play in this game. His ability to make uh, Ifaitu Malafonwu miss on the sack. I mean, he was dead to rights. Uh, Malafonwu had been doing this. He got Baker Mayfield. This is something they have been very successful with, blitzing him during football games. Not only does he escape, but he gets outside the pocket, and he throws an absolute laser beam uh, The Kyle Juszczyk along the sidelines, and Juszczyk pirouettes, toe taps, makes a spectacular catch that only Kyle Juszczyk can make. There's no other fullback that can do that. There's very few tight ends that can do that. It was an absolutely brilliant play. It just goes to show the brilliance of Brock Purdy. Once Brock Purdy proved that he could escape, that he could create, it gave him confidence to continue to do so. Some of the scrambling that he did were backbreaking for uh, the Lions, because they had it dialed up. They would be in good coverage. They would take away what the 49ers wanted to do, and Brock Purdy would extend a play and make something happen downfield, or he would take off and use his legs and make big-time plays that way. So it was a complete performance from Brock Purdy. When you're evaluating a quarterback, you want to see how they operate within the pocket. You want to see how their timing, anticipation, if they make the right reads. And he was standing in the face of pressure in the first half. They were literally in his face, around his legs consistently, and Brock Purdy was standing in there and making big-time throws. When they give Brock Purdy the ability, when they give him the space, he makes the throws that he has to make. He throws with anticipation as one of the top-level quarterbacks in this league. He's so accurate with the ball. And that's why it was so surprising when the ball got intercepted. Now, when you go back and you watch it, you see that the defensive lineman definitely tipped the ball the ball fluttered. It did not get to the necessary the spot where it's supposed to get. And yes, it was the right read. Ebo was open. So there would have been a throw there if Brock wouldn't have gotten so much pressure and the ball be tipped away. So yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy had himself a game. And I love the wherewithal within him, right? That aggressive style. Okay, Ebo's running across her here. That safety drops on him. I know I've got Brandon Ayuk down the field. Now, what he wasn't expecting was for the corner to beat Brandon Ayuk over the top and take away the deep ball. But I love the moxie to go ahead and rip that football. This is my read. This is what I'm supposed to do. I got to trust B.A. to go make a play. And he threw the football down the field. 
There was a little bit of contact around the 11. I think that might have determined how the next set of events went, but it makes for one of the greatest moments in the history of San Francisco 49ers because Ayuk makes the catch off the ricochet and he's down inside the five-yard line. Those types of situations can't be made if you're reluctant to take opportunities down the field. If he would have been conservative, if he would have been worried because he had thrown an interception earlier on in that game, then they never would have had that opportunity for that big explosive. Never would have had an opportunity to throw a dagger at Detroit Lions and really get them to know, hey, we're here in this game. So Brock Purdy's ability to push the ball down the field when it's necessary, when he has the read that he's looking for, which is one-on-one, is something I like. In the first half, he took a shot down the sideline to Ayuk, and Ayuk had to play like a cornerback. But the reason he did, it was a shot play called. So they wanted to run a stutter and go. It was something Cam Sutton had struggled with early on in the season. And then they go out there, Brandon Ayuk goes to run it, and Sutton does not bite. Brock Purdy knows this is a situation they were looking at. He threw the ball way before because he throws with anticipation, and it was knocked away. But the one-on-one, he saw it. Hey, there it is. I trust my guy to go make a play. I'm going to take a shot. Don't do that every time. But when you're willing to do that, you put a little bit of fear in that secondary that, hey, I need to make sure I stay over the top, which then opens up some plays over the middle, which the 49ers often do. Juice on the loose. Uh, definitely apparent in this game that Kyle Shanahan was going to use Kyle Juszczyk because he wanted Detroit to be in their base 4-3 set, or I'm sorry, their base 3-4 set. He wanted them to play that type of football. Five guys on the line of scrimmage, two linebackers, which they did the whole game. They don't normally play it that way, but they did in this matchup. And it was him using Juszczyk in a variety of ways, right? Juszczyk caught the ball in the backfield. Uh, He slipped him out for that big one down the sideline. He also used him in the run game with a three-yard carry down inside the five-yard line. So Juszczyk was being used in this game because you find unique matchups when you use Juszczyk on the field. The way that teams have played the 49ers in their 21 personnel, which is two tight ends, I'm sorry, um, two running backs, one tight end, has been very unique. Some teams will play a nickel corner. We've seen that, uh, right? Bring an extra safety in, have him play the nickel. So we have a big nickel to go against what Kyle Juszczyk and Christian McCaffrey do. And 49ers like to run in those situations. Other teams like to stay in their base defense. And then you find matchups for McCaffrey and Juszczyk in the open space against it because they're bad matches for linebackers. So this has been the Kyle Juszczyk kind of manner at which the 49ers have went. And this is the time where he earns his money. Yes, he wasn't making big-time catches and big-time plays with a ball in his hand in the first part of the season. But just remember, when we played Kansas City in 2019, he had a touchdown in that game. Juszczyk is a matchup issue. And I think the 49ers are going to use him more and more uh, as these teams are reluctant to get out of their big sets against the 49ers in fear that Christian McCaffrey and this run game is going to get going. So the expectation is Kyle Juszczyk is going to have to make some plays, and he's definitely able to do so. Plus, he's so good to have on the field because he is so smart. He visually can see what the defense is trying to do. You get good communication with him and Brock Purdy, and they can make some side adjustments if they need to. So he was absolutely great in this game. I love seeing Kyle Juszczyk getting involved in the offense. Fortnite's red zone offense is the best in the NFL for a reason. And I think it was on display in this game. The 49ers went four of five inside the red zone. And they've found something in these runs to the right in the end zone. 
right? The conversation throughout the, the beginning part of the year and even in the middle was the 49ers are really good running behind Trent Williams, and that's about it. Uh, but what we're seeing now is the 49ers are running some really good plays to the right side. They've been able to execute. I mean, the touchdown against Green Bay to take the lead at the end of that game is a run off the right side. The, they ran two touchdown runs to McCaffrey off the right side. The toss play that he gets 25 off to the right side. And actually, I think one of them wasn't a touchdown for McCaffrey, but a touchdown uh, for Elijah Mitchell. But what you're seeing is there's an effectiveness uh, you know, on the run to the right side with what they're doing. And the 49ers are doing it by executing at a high level. That touchdown run that McCaffrey had, the last touchdown run he had, um, it was spectacular. They opened a hole, and then they pulled Aaron Banks through on the power O, and he came through, and he absolutely cleaned up on the inside. McCaffrey didn't have contact. I think they were at like the four or five-yard line. He didn't have contact until he was in the end zone. That's how big the hole was. Feliciano, Colton McKivitz, uh, George Kittle, Charlie Warner, and Aaron Banks. Brilliant blocking at the point of attack. And that's what you're looking for when you're a 49ers. You want those attitude runs, and you got to finish in the red zone. And that's one of the big differences, I think, between this team and this incarnation of the 49ers offense compared to 2019 was the 49ers offense in 2019 would kick more field goals. They would stall out inside the red zone. That's not the case anymore. Yes, Raheem Moser was a good back, uh, had speed, had some pretty good power, but they just couldn't get it in the end zone consistently. You don't have that problem with McCaffrey. 49ers get that ball in the end zone consistently, and if you're going to be four of five, uh, you're probably going to do a really good job as far as winning the football game. And, you know, that's the big thing. You can win running right now. You know, I mean, you're just not stuck to going left. You can go right. So when I looked at this game and I looked at Kyle Shanahan's play calling, I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought that he came out and he had a set game plan, and I think he expected the first drive them to make a couple more plays and execute and get a touchdown. And that way he could turn around the next drive and really hit him with Debo and get a second touchdown on the next drive. He had a formulated plan that was set to work. Couple of problems in the first drive. You don't get points. Uh, Jake Moody missed the field goal. And then the second drive, it was execution, execution, execution. Brock reading the blitz, getting the ball to McCaffrey for a big play down the sideline. And it was like, boom, 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 touchdown. That's how you're supposed to look. Then the 49ers kind of stagnated. And I think a lot of that is part of the feel of the game, but also some things that Kyle Shanahan thought were going to be open weren't open. Give credit uh, to the Detroit secondary. They did a good job of making sure they were running things that Kyle Shanahan thought they were going to run differently. And so the 49ers just couldn't get that momentum. But once we got to the second half, the 49ers were clicking on all cylinders. Kyle Shanahan had figured out now what Aaron Glenn was doing. He understood where he needed to put his playmakers, and he had the right guys to do it. Now, were all the plays that he called perfect? No. Did he have a couple he wished he could have back? Yes. Problem is, or the good thing is, uh, Brock Purdy can make up with those things. He can extend plays, and he can use his legs, and he can negate how bad that is for the 49ers. So uh, Kyle Shannon by no means called the perfect game. He'll admit that to you, but he called a good game. And once he figured out the things that were going to work, he kept going to them consistently, and the 49ers made just enough plays to get this game and get this win. And now they're going to have a tough test in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. A very good pass defense, a average run defense, but they don't give up a lot of points. 
They give up around 17 points per game. So if the 49ers are going to win, they're going to have to go out there and they're going to have to make sure they execute at the highest of levels. They have the ability. They have the ability to go in there and get it done, but it's going to take a lot. So uh, this is what I saw on film. I saw good play on the offensive line at times with struggles early on. Uh, and then, you know, I saw some other key players with key key factors. The one thing I will say, I don't think I highlighted it enough, but they need to get a little bit better blocking on the edge, whether mainly with wide receivers, uh, Debo, Jawan, Kyle Juszczyk, even missing some plays that could have been hole shots. George Kittle could have had a screen for a big play. Kyle Juszczyk missed it. So need to sure up some of those things. Uh, 49ers will get better, I'm sure. And, of course, we'll have lots more to co- we'll talk about this week as we start heading towards talking about the Kansas City Chiefs in this matchup. I'd like to thank you guys all for coming through and watching the episode. 49ers Cutback brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. I'll catch you guys all in the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers.